0: book 3 chapter 7 part 2 of the wars of the jews this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the wars of the jews by josephus translated by william whiston book 3 chapter 7 part 2 and here a certain jew appeared worthy of our relation and commendation he was the son of Samius, and was called eleazar and was born at Saab in galilee this man took up a stone of vast bigness and threw it down from the wall upon the ram and this with so great a force that it broke off the head of the engine he also leaped down and took up the head of the ram from the midst of them and without any concern carried it to the top of the wall, and this while he stood as a fit mark to be pelted by all his enemies. Accordingly he received the strokes upon his naked body, and was wounded with five darts, nor did he mind any of them while he went up to the top of the wall, where he stood in the sight of them all as an instance of the greatest boldness, after which he drew himself on a heap with his wounds upon him, and fell down together with the head of the ram next to him two brothers showed their courage their names were netir and philip both of them of the village of ruma and both of them galileans also these men leaped upon the soldiers of the tenth legion and fell upon the romans with such a great noise and force as to disorder their ranks and put to flight all upon whomever they made their assaults after these men's performances josephus and the rest of the multitude with him took a great deal of fire and burnt both the machines and their coverings with the works belonging to the fifth and to the tenth legion which they put to flight when others followed them immediately and burned those instruments and all their materials underground however about the evening the romans erected the battering-ram again against that part of the wall which had suffered before where a certain jew that defended the city from the romans hit vespasian with a dart in his foot and wounded him a little the distance being so great that no mighty impression could be made by the dart thrown so far off. However, this caused the greatest disorder amongst the Romans. For when those who stood near him saw his blood, they were disturbed at it, and a report went abroad through the whole army that the general was wounded, while the greatest part left the siege, and came running together with surprise and fear to the general. And before them all came Titus, out of the concern that he had for his father insomuch that the multitude were in great confusion and this out of the regard that they had for their general and by reason of the agony that the son was in yet did the father put an end to the son's fear and to the disorder the army was under for being superior to his pains and endeavouring soon to be seen by all that had been in affright about him he excited them to fight the jews more briskly for now everybody was willing to expose himself to danger immediately in order to avenge their general and then they encouraged one another with loud voices and ran hastily to the walls but still josephus and those with him although they fell down dead one upon another by the darts and stones which the engines threw upon them yet did not they desert the wall but fell upon those who managed the ram under the protection of the hurdles with fire and iron weapons and stones and these could do little or nothing but fell themselves perpetually while they were seen by those whom they could not see for the light of their own flame shone about them and made them a most visible mark to the enemy as they were in the daytime while the engines could not be seen at a great distance and so what was thrown at them was hard to be avoided for the force with which these engines threw stones and darts made them hurt several at a time and the violent noise of the stones that were cast by the engines was so great that they carried away the pinnacles of the wall and broke off the corners of the towers for no body of men could be so strong as not to be overthrown to the last rank by the largeness of the stones and any one may learn the force of the engines by what happened this very night for as one of those that stood round about josephus was near the wall his head was carried away by such a stone and his skull was flung as far as three furlongs in the daytime also a woman with child had her belly so violently struck as she was just come out of her house that the infant was carried to the distance of half a furlong so great was the force of that engine the noise of the instruments themselves was very terrible the sound of the darts and stones that were thrown by them was so also of the same sort was that noise the dead bodies made when they were dashed against the wall and indeed dreadful was the clamour which these things raised in the women within the city which was echoed back at the same time by the cries of such as were slain while the whole space of ground whereupon they fought ran with blood and the wall might have been ascended over the bodies of the dead carcasses the mountains also contributed to the increase of the noise by their echoes nor was there on that night anything of terror wanting that could either affect the hearing or the sight yet did a great part of those that fought so hard for jatapata fall manfully as were a great part of them wounded however the morning watch was come ere the wall yielded to the machines employed against it though it had been battered without intermission however those within covered their bodies with their armor and raised works over against that part which was thrown down before those machines were laid by which the romans were to ascend into the city in the morning vespasian got his army together in order to take the city by storm after a little recreation upon the hard pains they had been at the night before and as he was desirous to draw off those that opposed him from the places where the wall had been thrown down he made the most courageous of the horsemen get off their horses and place them in three ranks over against those ruins of the wall but covered with their armour on every side with poles in their hands that so these might begin their ascent as soon as the instruments for such ascent were laid behind them he placed the flower of the footmen but for the rest of the horse he ordered them to extend themselves over against the wall upon the whole hilly country in order to prevent any from escaping out of the city when it should be taken and behind these he placed the archers round about and commanded them to have their darts ready to shoot the same command he gave to the slingers and to those that managed the engines and bid them to take up other ladders and have them ready to lay upon those parts of the wall which were yet untouched that the besieged might be engaged in trying to hinder their ascent by them and leave the guard of the parts that were thrown down while the rest of them should be overborne by the darts cast at them and might afford his men an entrance into the city but josephus understanding the meaning of vespasian's contrivance set the old men together with those that were tired out at the sound parts of the wall as expecting no harm from those quarters but set the strongest of his men at the place where the wall was broken down and before them all six men by themselves among whom he took his share of the first and greatest danger he also gave orders that when the legion made a shout they should stop their ears that they might not be affrighted at it and that to avoid the multitude of the enemy's darts they should bend down on their knees and cover themselves with their shields and that they should retreat a little backward for a while till the archers should have emptied their quivers but that when the romans should lay their instruments for ascending the walls they should leap out on the sudden and with their own instruments should meet the enemy and that every one should strive to do his best in order not to defend his own city as if it were possible to be preserved but in order to revenge it when it was already destroyed and that they should set before their eyes how their old men were to be slain and their children and wives were to be killed immediately by the enemy and that they would beforehand spend all their fury on account of the calamities just coming upon them and pour it out on the actors and thus did josephus dispose of both his bodies of men but then for the useless part of the citizens the women and children when they saw their city encompassed by a threefold army for none of the usual guards that had been fighting before were removed when they also saw not only the walls thrown down but their enemies with swords in their hands as also the hilly country above them shining with their weapons and the darts in the hands of the arabian archers they made a final and lamentable outcry of the destruction as if the misery were not only threatened but actually come upon them already but josephus ordered the women to be shut up in their houses lest they should render the warlike actions of the men too effeminate by making them commiserate their condition and commanded them to hold their peace and threatened them if they did not while he came himself before the breach where his allotment was for all those who brought ladders to the other places he took no notice of them but earnestly waited for the shower of arrows that was coming and now the trumpeters of the several roman legions sounded together and the army made a terrible shout and the darts as by order flew so fast that they intercepted the light however josephus's men remembered the charges he had given them They stopped their ears at the sounds, and covered their bodies against the darts. And as to the engines that were set ready to go to work, the Jews ran out upon them, before those that should have used them were gotten upon them. And now, on the ascending of the soldiers, there was a great conflict, and many actions of the hands and of the soul were exhibited. While the Jews did earnestly endeavor, in the extreme danger they were in, not to show less courage than those who without being in danger fought so stoutly against them nor did they leave struggling with the romans till they either fell down dead themselves or killed their antagonists but the jews grew weary with defending themselves continually and had not enough to come in their places and succour them while on the side of the romans fresh men still succeeded those that were tired and still new men soon got upon the engines for ascent. In the room of those that were thrust down those encouraging one another and joining side to side with their shields which were a protection to them they became a body of men not to be broken and as this band thrust away the jews as though they were themselves but one body they began already to get upon the wall then did josephus take necessity for his counselor in this utmost distress which necessity is very sagacious in invention when it is irritated by despair and gave orders to pour scalding oil upon those whose shields protected them whereupon they soon got it ready being many that brought it and what they brought being a great quantity also and poured it on all sides upon the romans and threw down upon them their vessels as they were still hissing from the heat of the fire this so burnt the Romans that it dispersed that united band, which now tumbled down from the wall with horrid pains, for the oil did easily run down the whole body from head to foot under their armor and fed upon their flesh like flame itself. Its fat and unctuous nature rendering it soon heated and slowly cool. And as the men were cooped up in their headpieces and breastplates, they could no way get free from this burning oil; they could only leap and roll about in their pains as they fell down from the bridges they had laid and as they thus were beaten back and retired to their own party who still pressed them forward they were easily wounded by those behind them however in this ill success of the romans their courage did not fail them nor did the jews want prudence to oppose them for the romans although they saw their own men thrown down and in a miserable condition yet were they vehemently bent upon those that poured the oil upon them while every one reproached the man before him as a coward, and one that hindered him from exerting himself, and while the Jews made use of another stratagem to prevent their ascent, and poured boiling fenugreek upon the boards, in order to make them slip and fall down, by which means neither could those that were coming up, nor those that were going down, stand upon their feet. But some of them fell backward upon the machines on which they ascended, and were trodden down, many of them fell down upon the bank they had raised and when they were fallen upon it were slain by the jews for when the romans could not keep their feet the jews being freed from fighting hand to hand had leisure to throw their darts upon them so the general called off these soldiers in the evening that had suffered so sorely of whom the number of the slain was not a few while that of the wounded was still greater but of the people of jatapata no more than six men were killed although more than three hundred were carried off wounded. This fight happened on the twentieth day of the month of Desius, Sivan. Hereupon Vespasian comforted his army on occasion of what happened, and as he found them angry indeed, but rather wanting somewhat to do than any further exhortations, he gave orders to raise the bank still higher, and to erect three towers, each fifty feet high, and that they should cover them with plates of iron on every side, that they might be both firm by their weight, and not easily liable to be set on fire. These towers he set upon the banks, and placed upon them such as could shoot darts and arrows, with the lighter engines for throwing stones and darts also, and besides these he set upon them the stoutest men among the slingers, who not being to be seen by reason of the height they stood upon, and the battlements that protected them, might throw their weapons at those that were still upon the wall and were easily seen by them hereupon the jews not being easily able to escape those darts that were thrown down upon their heads nor to avenge themselves on those whom they could not see and perceiving that the height of the towers was so great that a dart which they threw with their hand could easily reach it and that the iron plates about them made it very hard to come at them by fire they ran away from the walls and fled hastily out of the city and fell upon those that shot at them and thus did the people of jatapata resist the romans while a great number of them were every day killed without their being able to retorch the evil upon their enemies nor could they keep them out of the city without danger to themselves at this time it was that vespasian sent out trajan against a city called jaffa that lay near to jatapata and that desired innovations and was puffed up with the unexpected length of the opposition of Jatapata. This Trajan was the commander of the 10th legion, and to him Vespasian committed 1,000 horsemen and 2,000 footmen. When Trajan came to the city, he found it hard to be taken, for besides the natural strength of its situation it was also secured by a double wall. But when he saw the people of the city coming out of it, and ready to fight him, he joined battle with them, and after a short resistance which they made he pursued after them and as they fled to their first wall the romans followed so closely that they fell in together with them but when the jews were endeavouring to get again within their second wall their fellow-citizens shut them out as being afraid that the romans would force themselves in with them it was certainly god therefore who brought the romans to punish the galileans and did then expose the people of the city every one of them manifestly to be destroyed by their bloody enemies for when they fell upon the gates in great crowds and earnestly calling to those that kept them and that by their names also yet had they their throats cut in the very midst of their supplications for the enemy shut the gates of the first wall and their own citizens shut the gates of the second so that they were enclosed between two walls and were slain in great numbers together many of them were run through by swords of their own men and many by their own swords besides an immense number that were slain by the romans nor had they any courage to revenge themselves for there was added to the consternation they were in from the enemy their being betrayed by their own friends which quite broke their spirits and at last they died cursing not the romans but their own citizens till they were all destroyed being in number twelve thousand so trajan gathered that the city was empty of people that could fight and although there should a few of them be therein he supposed that they would be too timorous to venture upon any opposition so he reserved the taking of the city to the general accordingly he sent messengers to vespasian and desired him to send his son titus to finish the victory he had gained vespasian hereupon imagining there might be some pain still necessary sent his son with an army of five hundred horsemen and one thousand footmen so he came quickly to the city and put his army in order and sent trajan over the left wing while he had the right wing himself and led them to the siege and when the soldiers brought ladders to be laid against the wall on every side the galileans opposed them from above for a while but soon afterwards they left the walls then did titus's men leap into the city and seized upon it presently but when those that were in it were gotten together there was a fierce battle between them for the men of power fell upon the romans in the narrow streets and the women threw whatsoever came next to hand at them and sustained a fight with them for six hours time but when the fighting men were spent the rest of the multitude had their throats cut partly in the open air and partly in their own houses both young and old together so there were no males now remaining besides infants which with the women were carried as slaves into captivity so that the number of the slain both now in the city and at the former fight was fifteen thousand and the captives were two thousand one hundred and thirty this calamity befell the galileans on the twenty-fifth day of the month of desius nor did the samaritans escape their share of misfortunes at this time for they assembled themselves together on a mountain called gerizim which is with them a holy mountain and there remained which collection of theirs, as well as the courageous minds they showed, could not but threaten somewhat of war. Nor were they rendered wiser by the miseries that came upon their neighboring cities. They also, notwithstanding the great success the Romans had, marched on in an unreasonable manner, depending on their own weakness, and were disposed for any tumult upon its first appearance. Vespasian, therefore, thought it best to prevent their motions, and to cut off the foundation of their attempts for although all samaria had ever garrisons settled among them yet did the number of those that were come to mount gerizim and their conspiracy together give ground for fear what they might be at he therefore sent thither serialis the commander of the fifth legion with six hundred horsemen and three thousand footmen who did not think it safe to go up to the mountain and give them battle because many of the enemy were on the higher part of the ground so he encompassed all the lower part of the mountain with his army and watched them all that day now it happened that the samaritans who were now destitute of water were inflamed with a violent heat for it was summer time and the multitude had not provided themselves with necessaries insomuch that some of them died that very day with heat while others of them preferred slavery to such a death as that was and fled to the romans by whom Serialis understood that those which still stayed there were very much broken by their misfortunes. So he went up to the mountain, and having placed his forces round about the enemy, he, in the first place, exhorted them to take the security of his right hand, and come to terms with them, and thereby save themselves, and assured them that if they would lay down their arms, he would secure them from any harm. But when he could not prevail with them, he fell upon them, and slew them all being in number eleven thousand six hundred this was done on the twenty-seventh day of the month of desius Savan, and these were the calamities that befell the samaritans at this time but as the people of jatapada still held out manfully and bore up under their misfortunes beyond all that could be hoped for on the forty-seventh day of the siege the banks cast up by the romans were become higher than the wall on which day a certain deserter went to vespasian and told him how few were left in the city and how weak they were and that they had been so worn out with perpetual watching and as perpetual fighting that they could not now oppose any force that came against them and that they might be taken by stratagem if any one would attack them for that about the last watch of the night when they thought they might have some rest from the hardships they were under and when a morning sleep used to come upon them as they were thoroughly weary He said that the watch used to fall asleep accordingly his advice was that they should make their attack at that hour but vespasian had a suspicion about this deserter as knowing how faithful the jews were to one another and how much they despised any punishments that could be inflicted on them this last because one of the people of jatapada had undergone all sorts of torments and though they made him pass through a fiery trail of his enemies in his examination yet would he inform them nothing of the affairs within the city and as he was crucified smiled at them however the probability there was in the relation itself did partly confirm the truth of what the deserter told them and they thought he might probably speak the truth however vespasian thought they should be no great sufferers if the report was a sham so he commanded them to keep the man in custody and prepared the army for taking the city according to which resolution they marched without noise at the hour that had been told them to the wall and it was Titus himself that first got upon it, with one of his tribunes, Domitius Sabinus, and had a few of the fifteenth legion along with him. So they cut the throats of the watch, and entered the city very quietly. After these came Serialis the tribune, and Placidus, and led on those that were under them. Now when the citadel was taken, and the enemy were in the very midst of the city, and when it was already day, yet was not the taking of the city known by those that held it for a great many of them were fast asleep and a great mist which then by chance fell upon the city hindered those that got up from distinctly seeing the case they were in till the whole roman army was gotten in and they were raised up only to find the miseries they were under and as they were slaying they perceived the city was taken and for the romans they so well remembered what they had suffered during the siege that they spared none nor pitied any but drove the people down the precipice from the citadel, and slew them as they drove them down. At which time the difficulties of the place hindered those that were still able to fight from defending themselves. For as they were distressed in the narrow streets, and could not keep their feet sure along the precipice, they were overpowered with the crowd of those that came fighting them down from the citadel. This provoked a great many, even of those chosen men that were about Josephus, to kill themselves with their own hands for when they saw that they could kill none of the romans they resolved to prevent being killed by the romans and got together in great numbers in the utmost parts of the city and killed themselves however such of the watch as at the first perceived they were taken and ran away as fast as they could went up into one of the towers on the north side of the city and for a while defended themselves there but as they were encompassed with a great multitude of enemies They tried to use their right hands when it was too late, and at length they cheerfully offered their necks to be cut off by those that stood over them. And the Romans might have boasted that the conclusion of the siege was without blood on their side, if there had not been a centurion, Antonius, who was slain at the taking of the city. His death was occasioned by the following treachery. For there was one of those that were fled into the caverns, which were a great number, who desired that this antonius would reach him his right hand for his security and would assure him that he would preserve him and give him his assistance in getting up out of the cavern accordingly he incautiously reached him his right hand when the other man prevented him and stabbed him under his loins with a spear and killed him immediately and on this day it was that the romans slew all the multitude that appeared openly but on the following days they searched the hiding-places and fell upon those that were underground and in the caverns and went thus through every age excepting the infants and the women and of these there were gathered together as captives twelve hundred and as for those that were slain at the taking of the city and in the former fights they were numbered to be forty thousand so vespasian gave order that the city should be entirely demolished and all the fortifications burnt down, and thus was Jatapata taken, in the thirteenth year of the reign of Nero, on the first day of the month of Panamas Tammuz End of Book three Chapter seven Part two